Bienvenidos a la Daily Hustle. Soy Enrique Barnes, presidente de mejor cerveza. No abate por No Filter Network. Miguelito San Diego, not with us today. Will the Thrill, not with us today. But as we do each and every single morning, we're going to come on here and properly salute our boys yes 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 Woo! remember this folks when we are juiceful we are useful and when we are juiceless class that's right we're fucking useless a very pleasant good morning to you on the eighth day of january 2024 Just got back from Dallas. Actually got back Saturday night. The snowstorm was firing. So stayed in Reno Saturday night. And actually, you know what? Why not? Give a little plug to the Atlantis. Because went there, got a room that it was a bar suite. So it wasn't over the top. But... TV here, TV here, TV in the bathroom, ordered room service that night, bottle of vino, and for the first time, probably since I was a kid and Joe Montana hosted, I watched Saturday Night Live start to finish. I look. I typically, I don't find comedians that funny. I don't like forced comedy. I love laughing. And I really do think that, like, say, certain people are just funny as shit, right? But the comedian thing has never quite done it for me. Ron White would probably be my favorite. And I bring him up only because... As he's telling stories, as the best comedians do, Joey Avery, we had on No Filter Network, and he was sort of the same way, where they go into telling stories. And look, it's a perfect tactic in being funny and then whatever. But I don't know if if I'm changing. I don't know what the deal was. I just thought that that Saturday Night Live was so witty. And so funny. I was loud laughing by myself. So that was Saturday night. Sunday, I got up in the morning, knocked out a bunch of miles on the treadmill, and then it was NFL action everywhere. All the playoff game or the not playoff games, but basically uh, these teams who needed to win and get in. And I had three different games on. It was just Awesome that I went and played pickleball for five hours at the Reno Convention Center right across the street. You actually didn't even have to leave the building to walk from the hotel to the convention center. But good good couple days and came back up here last night. Took an hour and a half to get home from Reno. They're still trying to recover from all the snow and the roads. I guess they got a couple feet over the weekend when I was in Texas. But made it back here last night. Kids came back from Mammoth where they were down ski racing and back 
at home. Let's not forget our title sponsor here, Bet Online. That's right. This is your number one online betting destination. Stay up to date with all the latest odds, trends, news, and lines. Bet Online, your number one gambling, legally, legal gambling destination. Bet online. You could go to Bet Online. You use a promo code Believe, capital B L E A V, to get your bonus of, I don't know, 50% or something. I don't have the script in front of me this morning, but go to Bet Online. Lay some action if this is uh, something you're into. The other one, KT Tape. That's right. KT Tape. Let me grab some of this over here. Get yourself some of the pro oxygen tape. It's simple. You put it on the skin. I gave it to my kid the other day. It lifts the skin, promotes blood flow to the area, reduces inflammation. And typically that leads to alleviating any sort of pains that you may have. KT tape hit the QR code in the upper right-hand corner. And get yourself dialed in. And don't forget about our guy, Jory, over at Verge. This is a cannabis-based product. They're little shots that I take. I had one during Pickleball yesterday. And I have one each and every single morning when I get up to jumpstart the day. It's not this crazy, whoo, I'm going to be floating through the moon sort of high. It is very sustainable. It's not too much. It's cannabis along with lemon and ginger. Perfect little combo for the morning. So on that note, cheers of the week. <sighs> Go to triverge.com for that. All right. Today's Daily Hustle electronic email communication that went out earlier this morning. Buenos dias. Today is Monday, January 20, January 20, January 8th, 2024. And it just so happens to be National Joy Germ Day. If you are like me, you probably asked, what the fuck is National Joy Germ Day? Definitely sounds a bit dirty. Well, it is a day that was created to, quote, laugh, smile, be kind, inspire, and spread the one type of germ that is good for everyone to catch. Daily Hustle quote of the day. Things won are done. Joy's soul lies in doing. Oh, love this. Shakespeare. Daily Hustle translation. As Bill suggests, joy lies in doing. Simply do things that bring joy to your life and the life of others. For me personally today, here are 20 ways that I plan to participate in the joy germ spreading extravaganza. Number one, making coffee. Number two, building a fire. Number three, standing on footboard. Number four, daily devotional. Number five, gratitude. Number six, stormy burns weather report. And by the way, that went out at 7 a.m. These things are always fun to shoot. So I went out there. The first time it was one degree 
at 7 a.m. This is actually, I, I think I shot at about 6.50. So I go out and, you know, it's pretty basic. It's like, hey, guys, Stormy Burns out here with your 7 a.m. No Filter Network Lake Tahoe weather report. Uh, currently, it's fucking cold. It's one degree. Uh, we got a couple of feet of snow over the weekend. We have another system that's going to be dropping down from the north on Tuesday. It should snow Tuesday into Wednesday as well. And then we could be dealing with another storm that comes over the weekend. So, and then I, you know, I just go into my little thing. Well, most of these are one take wonders. Every now and again, I don't know. It's usually if, when I get long winded, where. I'll have to shoot it again. So I did the first one whole bit. And I actually meant or mentioned the fact that it was national joy germ day. And then I got in this thing and yeah, i just, it was too much. And I'm like, fuck, I got to do it again. So when you get in from these things, it's one degree outside. I'm shirtless, obviously shorts. I'm like your whole body. It's just, it's like an electricity. That's, charging through your body so then when i went out the second time it just i didn't recover fully from the first and it was teeth chattering but i couldn't get my words out i had a whole little thing you know episode with that and then came inside and i mean i mean like pins and needles it was Awesome. And obviously I run, I run into Tara. She's like, you're crazy. What are you doing? Well, the energy that that gives you, I'm not kidding. Like, just try it. Go out there with limited clothing in temperatures that are, let's just start with below freezing. Now, if it, I would say stay out longer if it's closer to 32 degrees as opposed to one. I was out for no more than two minutes each time in the one degree. And towards the end, it was, it was fucking miserable. Like, it, I'm like, uh, in a beautiful way though. So anyhow, I uh, highly recommend it. All right. That was number six, the Stormbirds weather report. Number seven, extreme cold exposure. And again, if you're just joining us here, these are 20 things you could do to celebrate national joy journey, at least 20 things that, I'm going to do mention the cold exposure. Number eight, sauna. If you go extreme on one end, you might as well go extreme on the other. Uh, number nine, running on a treadmill. Knocked some miles out this morning. Number 10, listening to an audiobook. Just finished Who, Not How. That's right. Who, Not How. Really good book. Just all about how we need to surround ourselves with people that know how, as opposed to us trying to learn everything. Really just a book on delegation. Really enjoyed it. Number 11, riding this daily hustle. I ride every morning. So I do it on the treadmill. I start hiking. And then, uh, you know, sometimes these are quick. Sometimes they take a little bit longer. Today's probably average, maybe 45 minutes. Number 12, waking the kids up. I think there's some joy in that where I think it's joy. And I'd like to think it's spreading joy to the kids and it depends. I mean, how I decide to wake them up. If it's with 
the pickleball banging against the wall or I'm singing good morning, Mr. Sunshine, <laughs> whatever. But it, regardless, I really enjoy that experience each morning. Number 13, doing the Daily Hustle podcast. Coming on here. And you know what's interesting is that like each day I do come up here and I put together the news stories that we'll go over in a minute. And obviously I write the DH. And that's kind of the premise of the Daily Hustle. But you hit the start stream, you see that on No Filter Network goes five, four. Yeah, I get the juice. I grab the fingers. That brings joy to my life. I won't do this shit without it. I really want. So really grateful for this DH. Number 14 here, complimenting others. It's not hard. Throw out a compliment, preferably to a stranger. I have targeted all of my family members today. At some point, I will say something complimentary to my wife, to Chloe, Kelly, and Colton as well. And then encouraging others. I, I, I started off with Biscuit this morning when, after I woke him up, I'm like, yo, man, room's looking better. He's got an issue with keeping his room clean. I'm like, hey, room's looking better. You got so much cool shit in here now, man. Like, let's really tighten this thing up today. If you see all this stuff here, like if we're able to organize this or organize that, then we could take the Christian McCaffrey jersey and we could put it here and then see the Altuve jersey up there. If we scoot it over this way a little bit more, you'll be able to see it better. And, you know, Callie, she's got the mood lighting in her uh, the LED lights. It was one of my favorite things when I was a kid too. But he said, we didn't do, it wasn't LED lights. It was... The black light, so awesome. I mean, that was like everything. The Your room when you're a kid, like that's your space. And so now that, you know, Biscuit's 12, I want him to own it. I want him to own his space. And instead of telling him to do it, I think we just, we have to be encouragers. So specifically on the Joy Germ Day, I'm not going to be a dick. I'm not going to be an asshole and be like, go clean your room. It's just, it's not effective. Yeah, I might even go down there and help him. And, hey, what if we did this and that? that? That's what matters. So compliment others, encourage others. 16, snowboarding. I have not been on the mountain all winter. We've had no snow. I've, there's been some on the other side, but I wasn't going to do it. This side of the mountain is officially open, although I don't see anyone going down currently right now as we speak. But at some point today, I'm going to get out there. Number 17, pickleball. Uh, yes, Sissy Small Fry. You want to come in a smoothie? Thank you. It's very dark. Mm. It's fantastic. Thank you very much, sweetie. That's uh, her participating in the National Joy Germ Day. Make a smoothie for her daddy. That's it. Uh, pickleball. It's freezing cold outside. Like I said, it was one. It's going to heat up to 30-something. So a middle-of-the-day session is definitely something that is doable. I'll tell you what, though. We got some hard chargers out here in this community. I'm on a group text, and we had three or four players that were in to play at 10 30 this morning and they're still hunting down 
a fourth to see if it's possible. It'll be 20 degrees. If you think about it, though, so long as the court's dry, it's not much different. And you prep with all the gear that you're going to wear. For me, it's the hands. Because once you start moving, the court temperature warms up. But I, I just love the attitude of the hard chargers in this community. Number 18, a family dinner. It's one of my favorite things each and every single day. Brings joy to my life. I like to think it brings joy to my kids' lives uh, and Tara's. But you know what brings it even more joy? Liar's dice. Of course, at the dinner table, it does nothing to do with the fact that I'm the ultimate Liar's Dice champion and best Liar's Dice player in the world, but it definitely is a joy bringer. And then 20, this was actually a suggestion. If you read the... Uh, National Joy Germ Day, they suggest cuddle with your pet. So I will end the day with a bulldog cuddle session. So it says, today, let's be the gift of joy that keeps on giving. Not in a herpes kind of way, but in a real clean and pure joy germ way. That's it. All right. Top stories today. First and foremost, we are a life optimization and baseball podcast before we get into the NFL. But they have six free agents on MLB.com who they peg as, quote, better than you think. One of the things that I've noticed with this group is that they're fucking old. Now, it's all relative, right? They're old in the baseball world. But they make some really good points right here. It reads, with all the attention... On the biggest name free agents, both the ones who have signed like Shoyo Otani and Yoshinobu, Yoshinobu Yamamoto and the ones who haven't like Blake Snell and Cody Bellinger, it can be easy to overlook some pretty terrific players that are still out there. But with the calendar turning to 2024 and spring training just more than a month away, seriously, is that wild to think about? Spring training is just over a month away. This is a time if you're a player. You're like, I need a fucking job. You do start to get antsy. So I got to believe that a lot of these guys are going to be signing in a very short period of time. It says one suspects there are about to be a flurry of signings. Yeah, exactly. And you'll be surprised by the names that are still out there as we all refresh for news on Josh Hader, Jordan Montgomery, and other big names on the market. Here's a look at six free agents no one really is talking about right now. But sure feel they're going to be major assets for whatever team ends up signing them. These guys deserve more attention than they've been getting. Players are listed in alphabetical order by last name and the ages are each player's seasonal for 2024. Number one, my old neighbor, Brandon Belt, 36, first baseman, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Boba Shep, Matt Chapman, George Springer, Alejandro Kirk, big names, all-stars, linchpins of a Toronto offense that was constructed to carry the team through the AL East gauntlet for years to come. But in 2023, none of those players had a higher OPS on, none of those players had the highest OPS on the Blue Jays. That designation belongs to Brandon Belt, who's 859, all biting just 103 games, was 45 points higher 
than the next J, who was Bichette. That was buoyed, as it always is with Belt, by his on-base percentage, which has always been his strength. The guy has impeccable batting eyes, something he'll surely have well into his 70s. He'll turn 36 in April. While he has never been flashy, he will get on base and play a perfectly respectable first base. The guy had a higher on-base percentage than Corbin Carroll, Jose Ramirez, Paul Goldschmidt, Rafael Devers, and Marcus Simeon. What team couldn't use a guy like that? How about, I mean, I, dare I say we have a reunion with the Giants? What about the Arizona Diamondbacks? That'd be a perfect fit for him. All right. Number two, Aroldis Chapman. For casual baseball fans who hadn't checked in on Chapman, since he was a dominant pitcher, he was with the Yankees. It might have been a little jarring to see him with the Rangers in the playoffs. He looked physically different. He was missing the plate. He was barely escaping jams. And it looked like a blow-up was imminent, but it's worth noting the blow-ups did not end up happening. Chapman walked out of the postseason with a World Series ring. Don't you know? And also, during the regular season, Chapman was pretty close to his old self. His strikeout rate with the Rangers and Royals was as high as it's been in a decade. He didn't give up a single homer in 29 and third innings with the Royals, and his fastball velocity was in the top percentile of all pitchers. He's not who he was a decade ago, but he's closer than you think. And he won't cost you hater price either. And I think it's probably a good thing he's not who he was a decade ago because he was firing off guns and doing crazy shit. If you remember, that's, I think as we all age, we learned a little bit in life. I think that could be a very good thing when it comes to signing. A guy like Chapman. As he gets older, I got to believe that, look, he's still got the velo. If he can find the zone, that's the only thing that matters. So, yeah, he definitely could get him at a discounted rate, and you're not going to pay that hater price. J.D. Martinez is the next one, 36 years old. I saw this guy hit last year, and he was just, he looked great. There's no other way to put it. He was with the Dodgers in Colorado. He had like three oppo bombs in the series that I was at. Just fucking legit. There is inherently going to be a ceiling on someone who is exclusively designated here, particularly in the current market. Well, unless you're Otani in 2024, of course. But we digress. Uh, as far as exclusively a designated hitter goes, you can't really do much better than Martinez. The only year in the last decade that Martinez hasn't absolutely crushed a ball was 2020. And hey, who among us was at our best in 2020? This writer is good. He only played 113 games last year, but launched 33 homers. Holy shit. In 113 games. So, J.D. Martinez. And now with a DH in both leagues. I mean, a guy like him, a guy like Brandon Belt, you're always going to find room for those bats. Like, what lineup would you not want either one of those guys in? All right, the next one, another 36-year-old. Tommy Pham. Pham is going to turn 36 in March. He didn't debut until September 2014 when he was 26. So he doesn't seem nearly as old as he is. He has played for seven teams in 10 seasons, 10 seasons, which technically classifies him as a journeyman. 
but it should be known that he's absolutely does not hit like a journeyman. He might have been the best hitter on the Mets, not named Pete Alonso, before they traded him to Arizona at the deadline. And he was a monster in the World Series for the D-backs, hitting 421, earning plaudits for turning down a chance to go 5 for 5 in a World Series game so teammate Jace Peterson could get an at-bat. Look, I mean, fam's got a, a rough story. Grew up in Vegas. <clears throat> I believe... I'd, I, look, I'd have to go back and revisit this whole thing. I, I believe his father wasn't around. I, there, there was a, sort of a rough upbringing. And this guy's been out to get his. He's been out to fight and, and do everything he can to survive in this world. And I love it. He's got a fucking chip on his shoulder. But shit like that about the Jace Peterson thing, I, it shows me that deep down, this is a good dude. Now, he may have bitch slapped Josh, Jock Peterson, but... That's a, a whole nother story. So, Tommy Pham. I mean, that, actually, if you ask me. You ready for this? That's the type of guy the Giants could fucking use. Give me a chip on the shoulder, dude, that is going to stir things up. Now, Jock Peterson's a free agent, too. So, hmm, could be a good replacement for Jock. And again, he's older now. So seven teams in 10 years, what does it tell you? He's burnt some bridges, I'm imagining, as he's gone to these different places. Otherwise, he would have stayed. But he's not kissing anyone's ass. But I also don't see him as a problem. I see him as keeping everybody on their toes. That's exactly what he did in Arizona. You got a young team in Arizona, came in there, veteran presence. And it's like, look, motherfuckers, I'm here to win. You know, whether or not we become friends and best buds and kumbaya, I don't know. Maybe it happens, maybe it doesn't. But I'm here to fucking win. That's it. Love me some Tommy fam. All right. Next one. Jorge Soler. Jorge, 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 Jorge. Jorge, Jorge. Who wouldn't want that guy on their team just for that champ? In many ways, Soler will be remembered best for the three-month period in 2021. When he rental for the Braves helped carry them to the first World Series victory in 26 years. But what he has done in the regular season has been more impressive, likely because he was in Kansas City and Miami. He was overlooked. Soler launch, launches homers at a rate that few others in baseball can. The guy had 48 homers in 2019. He even tied the Royals club record. He had 36 dingers last year. So he had 48 homers in 2019, tying the Royals club record. Was that Steve Balboni? Bye-bye, Balboni? Former Gary Wishard client? Oh, man. 36 dingers last year for the Marlins. For a Marlins playoff team, no less. And it's not empty power either. It's 341 on base percentage. It's very respectable. He's an instant middle-of-the-order bat who is still in what could be considered his prime. What's not to like? He's 32 years old. Last one here. Marcus Stroman. Has everyone forgotten that Stroman was a Cy Young candidate for most of last year? Sure, he fell off late, but the first half of 2023, he was one of the best pitchers in baseball. He was actually discussed as a possible all-star starter. It's not like it came out of nowhere either. He hadn't had an ERA over four since his rocky 2018 season, and he usually able to stay on the field other than the 2020 season in which he opted 
out. He has made 25 or more starts in six of the past seven years. He's a guy I've been following since his days at Duke. By the way, spent some time with the Duke baseball staff when I was at the ABCA convention in Nashville. Bunch of cool guys. And what a great convention. If you're a baseball fan, best way to describe it, just, just go. Go. Get yourself a pass. I don't know if it's like 100 bucks or whatever it is. You get to scour the floor. They have all the latest and greatest baseball innovations, technology, everything there. Upstairs at the podcast row, backed up with a huge meeting room. Thousands of chairs in there where you had John Savage and David Esker and all these different coaches. Obviously, Savage at UCLA, Esker at Stanford. And Jerry Weinstein was there, one of my favorites. That He probably, my favorite guy that I got to run into was Jerry because I haven't really spent any time with him. We've communicated on social media back and forth. I love his shit. He puts out the absolute best tips. He told me that he follows the Daily Hustle every morning. Every single morning. It fucking warm my heart. So, Jerry, thank you very much. Let's just uh, keep charging here. And I gave him a copy of the new Let Them Play, a parenting and coaching guide to youth sports book. And by the way, on the book front, I came home with none. Fucking none. Zero. So, if you want a book, look, this is what you got to do. Go to ericburns.com right now. Bam. Front and center. A book. Grab yourself a coffee mug. If you do that, the shipping cost, I'm pretty sure, is the same. So, it encourages more buys. You want to pick up an effortless book, a Daily Hustle 222, a footboard. Do that too. Get the entire package. But we got good deals going right now on all of it. But is the place, the only place right now to get the book? You can go to Amazon. You can pre-order. Those will be ready, I think, at the beginning of February or right around that time. So ericburns.com to pick up the new Let Them Play book. All right. Let's see here. Those are the... Top free agents, let's quickly hit the scores from yesterday in the NFL. I mean, what a fucking day. You had the Bucks needing to beat the Panthers to get in. They do. They win 9-0. And the Panthers, holy shit, they had a terrible year. And just so the, the anemic offense, the offensive line was terrible. Bryce Young was terrible, but... I don't know how much of that is him. I read an article saying that Carolina's owner, I think it's Tepper, they're calling the worst owner in sports. Mm. I don't think you're doing yourself any favors when you're throwing drinks on your fans. I mean, show some fucking restraint, man. Seriously. So it was a box nine nothing. And that got him. It was a Saints 48-17 over the Falcons. That got the Saints in in the must-win game. There were huge trends, by the way, in must-win games for teams, say, for example, like with a, a low winning percentage, like between 0 and 20 going up against teams with a 40 to 60% winning percentage. Huge trend. I want to say like 75% of the time, the team with the 0 to 20% winning percentage was covering those spreads. Now, you gotta imagine those spreads were big. Well, the Panthers did not cover the spread. The Falcons, they would not have fit into that category 
But the Saints won. They had to. They're going to the playoffs. The Raiders, they finished the fucking season strong, huh? Downing the Broncos 27-14. Bengals 31-14 over the Browns in a relatively meaningless game. The Jaguars had to win to get in. They did not. They lost to the Titans on the road 28-20. The Chiefs beat the Chargers 13-12 in what was a pretty meaningless game. The Vikings lose to the Lions 30-10. They weren't really playing for much the lions weren't playing for anything but well they win by 10 they are going to the dance of seahawks 21 20 over the cardinals they finished the season nine and eight good for pete carroll new york football giants 27 10 over the eagles the eagles got to be fretting i mean i cannot imagine the talk on uh, the radio stations in philadelphia For the past few weeks. I mean, it's got to be fucking intense. That's an intense fan base. This team was 10 and one. They go one and five down the stretch to finish at 11 and six. They go to Tampa next week. I don't even know what to make of that. I think they're heavy favorites, but I just don't even know where to start. Mm. I'm not betting on them. No fucking way. Just can't do it. The Jets, 17-3. Over the Patriots, and what I believe is most likely me, Bill Belichick's last game coaching the Patriots. I don't think he's done though. I, I, I mean, there's so many different places that he could end up. I think his time with the Patriots is done. And I just, if I'm Belichick, I, yeah, I'm good, right? And maybe I'm wrong, but and if I'm the Patriots, fuck man, it's time to move on. I think ten years. Is a good amount of time to be in one place at all. Like, I played Major League Baseball 10 years. Was with MLB Network 10 years. No filter network? Hey, we're on year three. Perfect. Fresh. Excited. Come to work. Bam, fire on the stream. We're growing. Like, that's, you feel me? And then I think after 10, it gets, let's get a little recharge. Figure something else out. No, we're all that either. So, I still like to see Belichick coach. Still believe he's one of the, the very best coaches in the history. If not the best coach in the history of the NFL. That good. Now, yeah, did he have Tom Brady? Sure. I mean, Bill Walsh had Joe Montana, too. But anyway, they go down to the Jets at home. The Packers, 17-9 over the Bears. That was a must-win game for them. They take care of business at Lambeau Field. And then the Rams in what was a meaningless game for both teams, 20 20- 120 over the San Francisco 49ers. Cowboys 38-10 over the Commanders. And then the game that, well, we all anticipated being a fucking showdown. And it was a good one. The Buffalo Bills last night, 21-14 over the Miami Dolphins. It was a kick return that ended up being the difference. The Bills are a better football team. Miami's good. Could they beat the Bills? Sure. Shit went right. They ran the ball really well. Tua, uh, he, he's so good at getting the ball off in a really short period of time. So, Dolphins are good. The Dolphins are not as good as the Bills, period. It's it's the second time they've beaten them this year. 
you know, could the Dolphins, if they played their best game, the Bills didn't play their best game? I mean, look, Josh Allen, right? What, he had three interceptions again last night? And he likes to force shit. And one of, one of the interceptions, he threw it in the end zone on fourth down. And the guy picked it, right? That actually saved him yards because they were at like the 35-yard line. Guy intercepts it, so it puts him on the 20. It saved him 15 yards. It was like a punt into the end zone. So I just love Allen. And Chris Collinsworth was talking about it last night. These guys are gunslingers. They're like, just the Bills in general are gunslingers. And sure, it starts with Allen because who he is and the way he plays and his mentality and everything else. But it's really, I, I mean, all of them, like even Cook is a running back. If he can hold on to the football and get some open space, he is so electric to watch. Stephon Diggs, I love the raw emotion out of him last night. He just, he seems so fired up. And uh, Josh Allen, he was wide open on one pass and Josh Allen missed it. He like, wasn't even close. And then later, he made a fucking terrific catch on Allen thrown off his back foot. You would never recommend a quarterback throw off their back foot. Every time I see a quarterback thrown off their back foot like that, I'm like, oh, this is, this is not good. Well, when you see Allen do it for whatever reason, it feels right. I feel like Allen's interceptions are more when he has perfect time and I don't know if he has a miscommunication with the receiver or whatever, or he just misfires. And that's typically what gets him in. You know, because he's so balanced, he feels like he could throw into double coverage. So he gets burnt a lot in that capacity. But nobody, nobody, and I think in the history of the game that I've ever watched, I mean, maybe John Elway reminds me of, or when I see them doing things that are not ordinary, I think to myself, not, oh, he's screwed. I think, oh, my goodness, what's about to happen? It's kind of like my pickleball game where, hey, I might miss an easy serve. I might miss an easy drop shot. I might might miss a, a an easy, you know, drive up the middle or a dink or something. But you give me some crazy athletic behind-the-back shot running away, I'm going to fucking make it. That's a little Josh Allen. I like the analogy of my pickleball game right there. Okay, so the playoffs are set. Let's take a look at what's going on. 2024 NFL wildcard odds schedule. Cowboys, Bills, big favorites. Brown Eagles favorite on the road to open the playoffs. The NFL playoffs are set. And the odds for the first round are also set. The Buffalo Bills are the biggest favorites of the round, hosting the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're a pair of road teams' favorite as well. Defending Super Bowl champion Kansas City will host Miami in its wildcard game. It's a rematch of a Week 9 game in Germany that saw the Chiefs win 21-14. While Miami finished the season 11-6, it only beat one team that finished the season with a winning record. The Dallas Cowboys. They're no chumps, so week 16. Um, look, I'm serious about this. I don't think it's a bad thing that Miami lost. I actually think Miami might have been okay with it. Like, really okay with it. Because they played the Buffalo Bills twice. 
They know each other so well. And yeah, I've heard the artists tough to beat an NFL team. You know what? Sometimes you just don't match up, match up well with the team. And I don't think they match up great with the Buffalo Bills. They can run the football on them, but they can't. I don't feel like they can stop Josh Allen. I just don't. So because of that, they go on the road. And did anyone really want to see the Bills in Miami over again next week? Nah, wasn't interested. So anyhow, they're going to Kansas City. That should be a good one. It says the Cowboys have been impressive at home this year. And they'll start their playoff campaign at home against the Packers. Dallas, the number two seed, will play at least two home games in the playoffs. If it beats the Packers, the Cowboys are favored by a touchdown. Pittsburgh got in the playoffs after it needed to beat Baltimore and get help on Sunday. The Steelers got that when the Titans upset the Jaguars. Pittsburgh will travel to Buffalo to take on the Bills, who won their fourth straight AFC title, beating the Dolphins 21-16. Remember this, the Bills were 6-6, six and six, and everyone was counting them out of the playoffs. And here they are, AFC champs. Buffalo's right at five-game winning streak into the playoffs after it started 5-5. Five and five. The Bills opened as a 10-point favorite. Yeah, at least. Uh, I, I laid that action, too. Hmm. Rookie quarterback C.J. Stroud and the Houston Texans host the Cleveland Browns in the first of six games next weekend. The Browns are favorite on the road. Yeah, I think they should be. Short favorite, maybe minus three. Let's take a look at those in a second. The other road favorite next weekend is the Philadelphia Eagles, the defending NFC champion. Eagles are in a free fall, losing five of the last six games that was the start of the season 10 and one. Jalen Hurts and company did find themselves playing the division winner with. The fewest wins. Tampa Bay beat Carolina 9-0 to finish at 9-8. It's a rematch of Hurts' worst playoff game in 2022 when the Bucs and Tom Brady took a 31-0 lead in the third corner and eventually won 31-15. The biggest storyline of the six wildcard games may be Matthew Stafford playing at Detroit. Oh, wow. Yeah, this will be a good one. The Rams traded for Stafford and won his Super Bowl and sent Jared Goff back to Detroit as part of the deal. Now the two teams meet in 2024. I mean, it's not just Stafford. I mean, Goff. Give Goff a chance at redemption. I'm really, really, really going to be rooting for Detroit on this one. And if for nothing else, look, Goff's a Bay Area guy. I went to Cal. I grew up in the East Bay was number one pick overall. Sorry, top, top pick. I think it was Goff and Wentz went one, two. I know that because Ryan Tolner, a good buddy of mine, actually was representing both of them. And it was the first time the same agent has represented the first two picks and they went quarterback, quarterback, one, two. But I felt bad for him because here he was, gets traded away from a Rams team. This was a really good Rams team, right? They had... Aaron Donald was at the top of the game defensively. They were just lights out. Really, really good team. And he gets traded to Detroit, who at the time was kind of a shitty team. And then Stafford comes to L.A. and he wins a fucking Super Bowl, man. So if you're human, you got to feel bad for Goff a little bit. It wasn't like he's not, you know, I mean, this is a guy that, you know, is more than capable. I mean, he went to the Super Bowl, right? 
went up against Tom Brady. So, oh, uh, go Lions, go Goff. So here they are. This is what it looks like. You got the Eagles in the box. You got the Rams and the Lions. The winner there, the Rams and Lions will play the winner of the Packers and Cowboys. The winner of the Eagles and Bucks will take on the 49ers at home. There's just, I just don't see either one of those teams being able to hang with the Niners at all, especially when they're firing at you full strength. So if we're trying to predict a little bit here, Rams-Lions, I think the Lions take that one. Uh, then they would have to, if, so long as the Packers won, or excuse me, the Cowboys won, they would have to go, hmm, they would have to go to Dallas. So it would be Lions at Dallas. Look, I'm going to make a wild, bull prediction right here. Packers win that game. The Lions win. Then it is the Packers at the Lions in the semifinal matchup of the NFC. In which case, the Lions win that game. Which gets them to the NFC title game against the 49ers. That'd be a fun one to watch. Lions at San Francisco for the NFC title. There's my prediction. Uh, In the AFC, you have the Browns at the Texans. Oh, I I mean, I think this is going to be the best game of the wild card week. I think the game, if C.J. Stroud shows up, it's going to be tough with that Browns defense. I'm not betting against them. I think the Browns take it. So then we'll see the Browns and the Ravens. And then you will have the Dolphins and Chiefs going at it. Chiefs have had a shitty year, man. They, they really have. And I, I know they're the three seed. I just, I don't know. I feel like there's some dysfunction there. I, I, have, a, I have a feeling the Dolphins pull that one out. So if the Dolphins pull that one out, Bills, Steelers. Bills run away with that. So we're going to be looking at our third matchup. And it's going to be the Dolphins at the Bills. Uh, And then whoever wins that is going to take on the Ravens. So it'd be Bills at Ravens. Let's say the Bills take it. We're looking at a Niners-Bills Super Bowl in Vegas. Now, if that happens, you got to know. Grew up diehard Niner fam. Grew up diehard Bills fam. Diehard. Love them. Love their helmets. That's how I fell in love with the team. My dad got a job off for Buffalo, New York. Started paying attention to him. I was going to become a Bills fan if we moved there. And I ended up not moving there. Became a Bills fan anyway. The red helmets were just, oh, just electric, right? They melt my heart. They're nostalgia. Anything nostalgia. It's kind of like the Oilers helmets. Never liked the Oilers, though. Oh. And I liked the Bills before they started losing the Super Bowls, too. So, anyhow. Niners, Bills, I got to lay some action on that. Like right now before this playoff starts. Just bet that that is the Super Bowl. That is my favorite bet that I would say I have here in the NFL postseason. By the way, too, check this out. 
The Bills set a primetime record with a Week 18 flex. Listen to this. The Bills play their seventh primetime game in Week 18, defeat the Miami Dolphins for the AFC title. It says, that's not all, though. Buffalo set the record for most primetime games in a single season. That makes them North America's team, right? Yes, it does. Under the collective bargaining agreement, only six games could be in prime time. In the new CBA, that number increased to seven. The Bills hit the number in 2023 and were the first team to reach it in the new rules, going to prime time in more than 41% of their games. You know what's crazy, too, with the Bills last night is that they own that stadium in Miami. I, we had all we had Pat O'Connell and the Busey brothers and everyone was there. They were hanging out with Josh Allen's parents all weekend, sending me picks. Ah, uh, uh, here were the games. It was Bills at Jets Monday Night Football. That was Week One. Week Six was Bills versus Giants on Sunday Night Football. Week Eight was Bills versus Bucks on Thursday Night Football. Does that count though? Week Nine was Bills versus Bengals Sunday Night Football. Week 10 was Bills versus Broncos Monday Night Football. Week 16 was Bills at Chargers Sunday Night Football on Saturday. And week 18 was Bills at Dolphins Sunday Night Football. The Bills were 4-3 and three in those games. It says, so not great. I don't know. I mean, it's not bad either. And they were entertaining every time they fucking took the field. We do know that. All right. The uh, last story that we want to get into here is... The national championship game is tonight. It is the Michigan Wolverines and Jim Harbaugh going up against the Washington Huskies. This is the last dance literally for any team, any football team at least, in the Pac-12. Would love to see them go out in style. I root for Harbaugh. I've always been a Harbaugh fan. So I don't think I have real strong emotions Either way, if Harbaugh wins, I think, hey, great story. If he doesn't, and Washington and Caleb DeBoer are able to go out on top, good for them. Great for them. So, that said, I think I'll take the points. If you were to ask me, four and a half points, is it's, it's a lot. So, if this is going to be a close game at all, and for whatever reason, Washington ends up on the wrong side of it, and Michigan ends up national champions, there's still a good chance, a very good chance that Washington could cover that line. But as far as the 2024 NFL draft is concerned, here's a list ranking the best prospects in the Washington-Michigan college football national championship game from Houston tonight. Number one, Rome Odunze. 6'3", 201-pound from University of Washington. Adunze is a very fluid athlete, which allows Washington to line up across the formation and execute a variety of roles. He does a good job getting off the press in man coverage. It does well as anyone tracking the ball downfield. He's expected to run faster during the pre-draft process than it looked like he was playing this season. One of the most admired qualities of his game is his willingness to serve as a blocker when he is not targeted as well. This guy's a wide receiver. He's a fucking badass. It sounds like, I mean, it's 6'3", 201. He could be a tight end as well. Just a really dynamic athlete. Number two, 
Braylon Trice, edge rusher. Trice is a heavy-handed player capable of turning speed into power, but he also has a flexibility to dip his shoulders and flatten at a high side of the rush. Fans saw the impact he is capable of having in the game in the college football playoff semifinal against Texas when he recorded two sacks. Number three, who I think is number one, QB Michael Penix Jr. The senior is showing arm strength capable of pushing the ball downfield all season. Consistently throws with as much touch and accuracy downfield as any quarterback eligible for the draft. While not known for his mobility, Penix is showing good pocket presence, enough athleticism to extend plays with the situational when the situation necessitates. His 2.1% sack rate is comparable to Oregon's Bo Nix, but significantly better than each of the other prospects commonly mentioned in the first round consideration. Penix does a good job of leading his targets and giving them opportunities to make plays one-on-one against man coverage. The concerns stem from his injury history and the fact that he'll be 24 years old shortly after draft night. Is that a concern? I think that's a blessing. I mean, because quarterbacks can play into their mid-30s. And if you're drafting a guy, really, like, I mean, you can't assume he's going to be a franchise quarterback, but when you draft a guy kind of like when you call a guy up to the big leagues, you could assume he's going to be there for six years. So if I'm looking at Michael Penix Jr., I'm drafting him wherever you draft him. I'm like, I'm going to have him for six years. I'm a developer for six years. Well, I'd rather develop a guy from, if I know I'm going to have him for six years, from 24 to 30, as opposed even from 21 to 27. It's just... As you get older, you get smarter. Look, that position's so demanding. So there's a maturity that I think you would really want. All right, number four, J.J. McCarthy, the Michigan quarterback. Quarterback has been a consistent voice for a program. Mired in controversy this season when head coach Jim Harbaugh was suspended following the in-person scouting investigation. McCarthy took ownership, ownership of the offense. He has a natural release, good arm strength to push the ball downfield. His 73% completion percentage during the regular season was third in the nation. Behind Knicks and UAB's Jacob Zeno, McCarthy throws with good touch, but is inconsistent with his processing. There were moments in the semifinal where he should have thrown it sooner. Uh, number five, offensive line Troy Faltenu from Washington. Number six is wide receiver Jalen Polk from Washington. It says Polk was a fringe top 100 coming into the season and has only elevated his game. Like Udunzu, Polk does a great job of tracking the ball downfield. The Washington wide receiver room reminds of the Los Angeles Rams wide receiver room a few years ago with Robert Woods and Cooper Cup that featured very talented pass catchers willing to block. Polk caught 65 passes on the season for 1,122 yards and nine touchdowns. So, look, that also makes Michael Penix so lethal, right? Yeah, you got a great quarterback and great receivers. Mm. I mean, both of them in the top six prospects when it comes to this game. Number seven, defensive tackle Chris Jenkins from Michigan. Number eight is linebacker Junior Colson from Michigan. Number nine is safety Rod Moore from Michigan. Number 10 is quarterback Mike Sanristil from Michigan. So if you look at this, Of the top 10 NFL prospects who will be playing in tonight's game, 
you have number one, two, and three, all from Washington. Then you have one more, who's number five from Washington. But the rest is Michigan. So you have six Michigan players and four Washington players. But the Washington players take the top three spots. This is going to be a fucking great game. That's why I say take the points. Take the points. If nothing else, if you think there's going to be some points scored, you can tease it as well. I think this could be a really well-played football game. I can't imagine these teams not scoring points. Michigan's defense has given up like 10 points a game. Like, this is something ridiculous. You can't stop Michael Penix Jr. You just can't do it. It's not going to happen. So, on that note, if you want to tease Washington up to getting double-digit points and then bring the OU total down, which the last time I looked, it was about 54. So you bring that down to the 40s. I feel like that'd be a pretty safe bet as well. Okay, one more thing here. Hold on. We'll finish up with a little James Allen as a man thinketh. And by the way, I do pimp out our weather reports all the time here on no filter network. So I know there's a huge storm heading to let's see here. We pull up this weather. We have one here in the Lake Tahoe area. It's a, a, a system up north. It's dropping down. It'll be here by tomorrow morning. And it'll linger around. And then there's another one that's gonna follow it on Wednesday. It looks like we could get another foot of snow. We'll see if it happens. I've heard anywhere between three inches and a foot. A lot of times it has to do with what the storm does when it comes over the mountains. Because if it sits there, if it just the wind whips it through and it's gone, it's gone. It would, you know, there's the three inches. But if it comes and it settles into the Tahoe Basin, we could be talking another foot. Currently right now, oh, it's not bad. It warmed up. All the way to 30 degrees now. It was one this morning. So, huge spike, a high of 34 today. But, again, that system coming tomorrow. So, here it says, storms possible today ahead of a strong front. Also, what's all this chatter about a hurricane? All right, this is what I was looking for. Over 40 states under blizzard, wind, snow, or flood alerts. 40 of the 50 states. As storms cross the country. So, let me do my best Al Roker here. Look at this. We basically have the blizzard warning, turn this this way, in the northwest. And then that's the big storm that I'm saying that's going to drop down. You see, it says Tahoe City here. It's going to drop down here that we should see that by tomorrow. And then you have... This right here, I mean, this is some serious action. High wind alerts. I mean, we're talking Santa Fe to Dallas and Memphis to Birmingham, New Orleans, Tallahassee. Looks like you're going to miss Florida, and that's about it. But then all of this up here, there's a gnarly winter storm warning that's going to stretch from, uh, yeah, again, it is, this is New Mexico into Colorado and Nebraska, South Dakota, North Dakota, Minnesota, Iowa. 
It just it keeps coming. Illinois, Indiana, and then the Northeast dealing with all sorts of precipitation from Portland to New York, Washington, D.C., Raleigh, North Carolina. So stay safe out there. Awesome time of year if you're a weather fanatic like me. Uh, we're live. We're interactive on No Filter Network five days a week. Good morning to you, Jason. What's up, motherfucker? And Crudelli. Happy New Year's, bitch. I miss you guys. Uh, we do not have... Will the Thrill is not going to be with us tomorrow for Deuces Wild. But we are going to have a special guest. I'm not going to reveal the guest yet. We will have a Deuces Wild show tomorrow. And we will have a special guest. Thrill will be back with us next week. I he is. I'm pretty sure it's either he's getting inducted to... The Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame. I got to imagine, though, he's already been inducted. But he's going to the induction ceremony tomorrow for the Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame. Now, I don't have confirmation on whether he's already been inducted or not. But we can figure it out. If you're listening on Apple, if you're listening on Spotify, Caffeine TV, Roku, wherever. If you want to join us live. And on top of that, you know, I don't. Always plug no filter enough. This is the greatest content creation platform there fucking is. So if you're looking to start a podcast, if you already host a podcast, move your shit over here. It's fantastic. It's free. It doesn't cost anything. We're giving you the platform. I mean, we stream in the highest quality. We stream in real time. You're able to chat with the folks on the stream, and then you're able to immediately, well, usually within five, 10 minutes, you're able to download and then upload the entire show to wherever you want. And you want to edit it first, you do that. You want to host, you want to host private events. You could do that. You want to charge for your events. You can do that as well. All right. Getting out of here with a little James Allen. One of my favorites. As a man thinketh, I just typically will open the book to a random page. I mean, that's how good the book is. All right. Let's start here. A man only begins to be a man when he ceases to whine and reveal and commences to search for the hidden justice which regulates his life. And as he adapts his mind to that regulating factor, he ceases to accuse others as a cause of his condition and builds himself up in strong and noble thoughts, ceases to kick against circumstances, but begins to use them as aids to his more rapid progress and as a means of discovering the hidden powers and possibilities within himself. As a man thinketh, if you do not have a copy of this book, get it. You need it everywhere in your life. All right. Everyone have a fantastic Monday national championship game tonight and we will be back on here on the daily hustle tomorrow morning breaking it all down that's it see ya